0: Is toxic wokeness a greater threat than the Chinese Communist Party? Correcting the record on social transition. And promoting a pro-human potluck in Seattle. Welcome to Fair News Weekly. To read all of the articles discussed in this podcast, please visit this podcast's episode description. Dear Friends of FAIR, On March 16th, FAIR Legal sent an urgent email to Seattle Public Schools, SPS, about an incident report we received through our anonymous reporting site, fairtransparency.org. The report indicated that Lincoln High School planned to host a segregated potluck lunch on March 17th, 2023. Based on the report we received, and as confirmed in the newsletter from Lincoln High School principal Corey Eichner, It appeared that certain students would not be allowed to attend the lunch due to their skin color or ethnicity. Specifically, the newsletter stated, On Friday of Multicultural Week, students and staff of color and or those who identify with any group represented by BSU, Black Student Union, LSU, Latino Student Union, ASU, Asian Student Union, are invited for a potluck. In our communication to the school, Fair emphasized that public schools are prohibited from discriminating against students and employees on the basis of race, skin color, or national origin. When a public school segregates or excludes its students or employees from benefits the school provides on the basis of these traits, the school violates the Title VI of the Civil Rights Act, as well as the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment. As proponents of pro-human racism, Fair applauded Lincoln High School's effort to celebrate its diverse student body. However, holding a school lunch as described in Principal Eichner's newsletter would undoubtedly constitute a school benefit, and neither Mr. Eichner nor any employee of Seattle Public Schools may lawfully exclude students or employees from that lunch on the basis of their immutable traits. Fair urged the school to make the lunch event open to all students and employees, and to immediately and publicly notify the entire Lincoln High School community of the change. We were heartened to receive a prompt response from Seattle Public Schools confirming the lunch would be open to all students, regardless of immutable traits. We are grateful to Seattle Public Schools for taking the pro-human approach to its multicultural week celebration. If you'd like FAIR's legal team to engage your school, workplace, or institution, consider filing a report on FAIR transparency. Warmly, the team at the Foundation Against Intolerance and Racism. For FAIR Substack, FAIR policy analyst and Substack editor Grayson Slover wrote about why he thinks Mike Pompeo's recent argument that toxic wokeness in schools is a bigger threat than the Chinese Communist Party has some truth to it. Slover writes... This all-encompassing push for equity means that high-achieving American students will not have the opportunity to develop their full academic potential. Instead of being challenged in advanced placement classes, they will be made to sit through unit after unit of material they've already mastered, just to help school officials and policymakers achieve outcomes that misleadingly make students look equal on paper. For every gifted student we neglect, we risk losing out on the next great American innovator or entrepreneur. Those students could grow up to make groundbreaking discoveries in quantum computing or artificial intelligence, helping us thwart China's plan to lead the world in both of these fields. For the New York Times, fair advisor John McWhorter wrote about why he believes 1966 was such a pivotal point in the civil rights movement and how our cultural discourse has evolved since then. He writes... Various books I've been reading lately have me thinking about 1966. I have often said that the history of Black America could be divided between what happened before and after that year. It was a year when the fight for Black equality shifted sharply in mood, ushering in an era in which rhetoric overtook actual game plans for action. It planted the seeds for the excesses of today's wokeness. I wouldn't have been on board. I'm glad I was only a baby that year and didn't have to face it as a mature person. The difference between Black America in 1960 and in 1970 appears vaster to me than it was between the start and end of any other decade since the 1860s, after emancipation. And in 1966 specifically, Stokely Carmichael made his iconic speech about a separist Black power. The student nonviolent coordinating committee he led expelled its white members, though Carmichael himself did not advocate this. The Black Panther Party was born, Black replaced Negro as the preferred term, the Afro went mainstream, and Malcolm X's The Autobiography of Malcolm X, written by Alex Haley, became a standard text for Black readers. For National Review, Fair Advisor Wilfred Riley wrote about how he defines woke and why he believes we should continue to use the term. Riley states, All of this is frankly pretty silly. Many political terms, fascism, are as slippery as greased lobbyists. And this one is hardly the toughest to figure out. What is woke, then? The definition from the meme is actually rock solid. A woke person or social justice warrior is someone who believes that one, the institutions of American society are currently and intentionally set up to oppress minorities, women, the poor, fat people, etc. Two, virtually all gaps in performance between large groups prove that this oppression exists. And three, the solution to this is equity, which means proportional representation regardless of performance or qualifications. For Heterodox, the blog, Megan Lonsinger explained that DEI initiatives should not supersede our freedom to speak, write, and think freely on campus. Lonsinger writes, Reported self-censorship has not improved, and as some have argued, free speech issues have worsened in recent years. I acknowledge that an ideological position might overlap with or even derive from a person's identity affiliation, and that the fear of expressing the former may relate to the latter in some cases. It is because there may be identitarian and ideological overlap that I can confidently assert unwavering support for the principles of academic freedom. To support academic freedom is to support the full, equitable participation of all students in conversation, collaboration, and, yes, disagreement with one another and their instructors. The principles of academic freedom must be defended, not irrespective of the diversity of identities or ideologies on campus, but because of this diversity. For City Journal, Isla Shapiro, Lior Sapir, And John Ketchum wrote about the emerging issue of public education of school officials' secret social transitioning of children into alternate gender identities. They write, Researchers and clinicians treating gender-distressed youths have similarly expressed concern that social transition can lock in a temporary phase of identity development and unnecessarily make accepting one's sex and coming to terms with one's body more difficult. A 2013 study found that social transition was associated with the persistence of gender dysphoria, but the authors could not state with confidence whether transition perpetuated these feelings or whether those who would not have desisted naturally were more likely to have socially transitioned. A 2022 study by researchers who intended to show that trans kids know who they are and rarely change their minds inadvertently supported the first hypothesis. The social transitioning of children interferes with the natural process of desistance and increases the chances of unnecessary, harmful medicalization. We want the FAIR Substack to be the go-to publication for diverse perspectives on culture and civil rights. Whether you're a seasoned author or an amateur writer with a story that can contribute to our mission of promoting fairness, understanding, and humanity, we would love to receive your stories, opinions, investigations, reviews, interviews, and more. Please send your piece to submissions at fairforall.org. We hope to hear from you. Finally, if you liked this podcast, subscribe, share it with a friend, and leave us a rating and review. Make sure to check out our newsletter and weekly roundup to read more into any of this week's stories or visit the episode description. Donations are always welcome at fairforall.org slash donate.